Hey, everybody. This is Patrick, the Chief Monkey and founder of Wall Street Oasis. Just wanted to first off say thank you so much for listening to this podcast. Second, wanted to make sure for any of you in the market for financial modeling training, remind you that Wall Street Oasis does have some incredible financial modeling training courses, including Excel modeling, financial statement through, you know, linking up the three statements, DCF, valuation, M&A, LBO, um, even more niche courses like 13-week cash flow, venture capital course, real estate modeling, you name it. Go ahead and check them out at wallstreetoasis.com slash courses. Thanks for the support. Welcome to the WSO Weekly Wrap-Up, where I talk with my team about the five most trending discussions in the Wall Street Oasis community. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the WSO Weekly Wrap-Up. It is February 9th. We got about, I think, three topics we're going to cover today that were trending in the community. Matt, take it away. Sure. So this first one's definitely an interesting one. Uh, probably been on a lot of uh, individuals' minds when joining uh, joining uh, their their first role um, out of university here, uh, getting into the workforce. But um, first question asked in the forums was, uh, "What are your thoughts on a first year asking out a second year, mixing romance with uh, your professional career?" Uh, Pat, thoughts on this one? Well, I may or may not have had a similar story like this for myself uh, when I was <laughs> banking. No, it's tough when you're working long hours, you don't have a lot of time to meet people outside. So um, I think it's pretty natural. Um, I think I'd be more nervous if he or she was a second year trying to date like someone yeah. junior to them. I think there's more risk there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the standard argument here is just always be very, very careful and tread tread cautiously. I don't know, Nabil, have you uh, ever dated somebody from the workplace? No, not from the same workplace. Too risky. <laughs> I know how about you, Matt, at Oracle? Were you, uh, were you, <laughs> no, no, never. I mean, I, obviously the tech industry is going to be a lot more lax uh, than, than the finance industry, but um, yeah, never crossed my mind to, to, to engage in something like that. I think it's someone wrote in the, in the forum is exactly what I'm thinking. Uh, don't shit where you eat. And I think that could yep. be applied in a, in a lot of different places. But I, I, from my understanding, I think some firms actually have like internal policies around that, if I'm not mistaken, right? Where they don't allow uh, relationships. I mean, it's obviously... Yeah, or you're supposed be, to disclose uh, it. It doesn't stop it. I mean, it's super common, um, especially in like careers where you're spending 80 hours a week, like in the same office and, right. you know, late nights and you're exhausted. You're, you're not going out to a bar after. Um, so some people do have end up in those relationships i know just from my analyst class alone like i think one of the female analysts ended up starting dating like an md or a director at the time and that was awkward oh um, wow yeah <laughs> that, he, he was he was bold to do that and then um yeah and let's just say there was some other stuff going on um but yeah i think if you're gonna do it you gotta be 100 percent, take it 100 percent serious you can't kind of do it half-ass because you just open the doors to too many issues in the future um yeah. a lot of guys so think they can keep it under control and it'll be cool and everyone's cool and then until it's not cool <laughs> until, <laughs> until either he or she wants you to stop like advance the advance or other person until the next until the next analyst class comes in next summer <laughs> <laughs> exactly. it feels like it feels like college university all over again right mm -hmm. yeah uh, that's what it is. So yeah, I think uh, yeah, just some some other responses that we saw there. Um, definitely, if you are going to try to engage in a relationship, I found this one funny. Don't flirt through work channels. 
So definitely don't do it on Slack, Teams, or email. Um, I guess if you're going to try to do something like this, you know, go grab a coffee at the same time in the kitchen at the office. Maybe go grab lunch together. Um, but if you're sending emails across the, uh, to one another, I think that's just, again, the recipe for disaster there. You're, you're literally having everything um, written in stone, I guess, so to speak, uh, so the organization can see because they're assume monitoring reading, everything. Yeah, assume HR yeah. is just reading all of your emails, basically. Is, yeah. is always good advice. Um, even if you're well, writing, if you're writing on your work computer, even in your personal email, they could be tracking your keystrokes and stuff like that. So just assume that they are. Yeah. So yeah. better to keep it on a personal phone, maybe WhatsApp or something like that. Or <laughs> a burner it. phone, a burner phone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Definitely, uh, definitely a funny one. But yeah, next topic up here, another great, interesting topic. Uh, nonetheless, right up the alley of Wall Street Oasis here. Um, what are the odds of, you know, a banker coming from a non-target school making it to a PE giant, such as the Apollos of the world or the KKRs of the world? Um, Ty, I know you spent some time in banking, made the jump to PE. Um, any insight onto that? Well, you know, what, what are the odds look like for, for someone to, to make that jump nowadays? I think the odds are pretty tough. And you see this play out in our university statistics in private equity. You'll notice that like certain banks pull from certain target universities um, and it's broadened over the last like decade. So like banks are actually much more open to pulling kids from like really top state school finance programs. And even like the top banks are really pulling more and more from there. Um, but you still see a little bit of like the undergrad prestige of your institution matter on the, in the private equity uh, recruiting. And you still see a skew heavily towards like the IVs and the top targets. Um, that being said, like it, it is, I think, opening up more since you know, just naturally the feeders from banks are opening up uh, more. So, yeah, I think it's hard, but uh, I, I never say anything's impossible. Like if, you know, people were talking about like ACT scores, you know, that doesn't really matter so much. It's really your deal experience. Um, the bigger problem now is because recruiting happens almost right after you hit the desk. A lot of the PE firms are kind of just using school GPA still, um, and like what bank you ended up getting into as the proxy of whether you're going to be a good PE associate or not, which is, which kind of sucks. It's bullshit, but it's kind of the easier way. And then the recruiters use the same proxies. So it's kind of tough. It's interesting. I guess, well, what we saw from the industry the past few years, is it looks like, you know, a lot of the middle market shops, um, boutique shops are struggling for talent, but it seems like it's all stemming from the bulge brackets. Um, I guess they're still getting their ways with who they want. Yeah. Um, but it's been interesting that they haven't even, it doesn't seem like they budge too much in terms of maybe, um, especially like the KKRs of the world, maybe grabbing people from, um, you know, from, from those non-traditional backgrounds. And I guess it's just still because there's still, you know, demand for people that want to go into those roles in PE and naturally at those larger firms, maybe there's not, there's still, they're hiring quite a bit, but that demand is still being filled by the students and the people that want to make it in there. Right. So they haven't really adjusted too much, but I think that's, um, that's being really seen across like some great middle market shops. I think I've definitely opened their doors to it's, some more people. It's, happen it's happening in the mega funds too. It's just not as, it's not as pronounced as the banks. Um, so like it's, it's a little bit slower, you know, there's kids from non-targets with low GPAs breaking into mega funds. Sure. It's just, it's just more like the exception than the rule. Um, it's, it's really hard. And you got to kind of, like somebody said in the forums, you got to kind of know somebody you have to have connections or like, if you're not in Levfin or sponsors at like B of A or city, it's going to be tough to break into like KKR or Apollo and those, those groups. So yeah, it's tough. Right, I see. Interesting. Right, and Nabil, any, any thoughts out of you on this one here? Uh, no, not, not really. 
Uh, because I didn't go that uh, go that route, right? Like banking, That's private true. equity. Well, well yeah, Pat, but... here I, I have a question for you on this topic before we, we move off it. Here is it is it, is it is it is it really worth it to make the jump to like the Apollos of the world KKRs, or do you think there's still great opportunities at these middle market shops? And uh, maybe salaries might not be the exact same, but in terms of even just like exit ops out of PE, then uh, do these names really still? You know, are they that important to to get at for like the Apollos KKRs of the world or? I think it looks really no good. Uh, super impressive if you're at the top top shops. I think they're definitely more of a banking 2.0 um, scenario where you're still going to be a cog in the wheel and working super long hours and the expectations are super high. You're going to be paid really well. I mean, upwards of, I think like, I think some of them guarantee like almost 400,000 for like, you know, so it's just like, you know, something crazy, but like you, again, it, it's, a lot of people are churning churning out of that job in a year and a half, two years, and they just, you know, they never want to go back or they end up going downstream to where there's a little bit more work life eventually. Because imagine doing like two full years of banking at a at a sweaty shop and then you get to like PE, you're getting paid a lot, um, probably saving a lot too because you have no time to spend. <laughs> yeah. Well, it depends where you're living, so. right? Depends if you're living in, in NYC, you got a big rent bill, uh, rent bill to pay every month. Yeah. Um, so live with the lifestyle too, but. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess yeah. sign away five years of your life for for the money, but then you you miss out on a lot of the young, the things that you could have done as a younger individual, right? You don't get time back. So yeah, half of your half of your twenties is gone by the time you finish that. I mean, it does set you up nicely, but it's not like if you go to a a great middle market or upper middle market fund, a lot of the same opportunities are still there. Um, I think it's at that point it's going to be really about like how good you are about running a process about um, you know. Can you run diligence? Because the, the size of the deals doesn't matter as much as the reps you're getting. Um, yeah. So that's what I'd say. Interesting insight. Well, right. We'll move on to the last one here. This one's actually one that I find interesting because I personally um, dislike dealing with people that don't have uh, social skills, especially coming from a sales background. I enjoy speaking with people all the time, find it incredibly difficult to, uh, to talk with people that don't have social skills or at least up to par um, with the average. So um, one of the topics that we saw in the forums was how to deal with an associate with zero social skills. The bill you want to handle this one here is uh, provide some first. Sure. Is it like uh, an analyst like asking it, or is it like someone senior? I'm guessing it's more analyst, right? I think yeah, it's analyst dealing with their associate is, is what the topic was about here. So your 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 superior is not great in terms of socializing or just even got it. Well, he's throwing people under the bus, replying all to like group emails, being like, "You didn't do this." <sighs> That's just how, I mean, you can't, what can you really do? Like, you can't just be like, um, I guess, go out and like try to respond the same way. It just doesn't come off well, right? I guess you just got to be good at, I mean, take it, but like handle it like in a nice way so it doesn't look bad. Especially when like, uh, uh, when their superiors probably come back and look and then have like all those, uh, everything mapped out, nothing, uh, everything documented. If you are getting thrown under the bus, that kind of stuff, pretty much. It's more office politics than anything else, right? At that point. I, I so, feel like it's easier said than done. I feel like, especially in like a high stress job like banking, if you're just going to keep taking it, you're you're eventually just going to break, right? That's the, that where it's like, especially if someone's being like a, like, you know, replying all, making you look bad. Like, where, where does this analyst do? They can't go, up to a VP because that looks horrible, right? You also can't, like your associate's the one that's doing this to you. If you want to get promoted, you have to kind of, you know, 
stay calm, do your job, just let it kind of brush over your shoulder. But I could just see how it's, you know, eventually you're going to crack. If I, have high stress job. I have advice for this on how to handle this. So um, I was in a pretty similar situation with an associate that was pretty bad. It, was, it wasn't that they were throwing under the bus, but it was more like they would just push all the work down and then leave. And so there was no guidance. Um, and, you know, you say you can't work, you know, you can't talk to a VP. I disagree. I think you can talk to a yeah. VP. Um, and I think in these cases, like when they start realizing that you're doing all the work, it doesn't mean you're not keeping them in the loop, the associate rather, but you know, it becomes pretty obvious. Um, if it's more like, um, just being someone who's super brash and like making you look bad, guess what? The VPs and MDs are not stupid. They probably realize this person's super brash and they've probably <laughs> done it to other analysts before. So being mature about it and not fighting back or replying all of the email and just talking to them, be like, yeah, hey, I noticed um, blah, blah, blah. They're probably gonna say, don't worry about it. You're, you're doing fine. Like keep it up. Just, you know, just checking in with them, I think would be good. That's the first point. The second point is trying to understand um, like, how different brains work, right? So you may be dealing Emotional with some intelligence. I yeah, guess, no, right? or you may be, be be dealing with somebody on the spectrum who just is more direct and doesn't sugarcoat anything and doesn't doesn't play any office politics. So they'll call you out if you make a mistake in front of everybody. They don't give a, they don't give a shit. And so like understanding that that it's not necessarily that they don't like you or that they just may just be like super direct and have no EQ around delivering something softly or doing it privately they just may have literally no care for it and no skills around it so like almost even just talking to them directly can sometimes be more helpful and not not being scared to say oh i noticed you did this like next time do you mind coming to me when um when there's something when there's an error just because i'd like to you know i'd like to improve and i think you have a lot of skills to offer me and i think if we can uh, settle that privately it you know, I think you setting that made me look bad and, and I'd appreciate that because I'm trying to make a good impression. I'm, I'm still new here and da da da. Um, that way so what you're suggesting is yeah. talk to the associate first. Yeah. In a talk to the VPs. Manner. Let them know yeah. where you're coming from. Again, because yeah. it could be to your point where, you know, they might not even recognize what they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, if it continues happening, then I guess you're saying to approach the VP. MDs. If somebody's that share your thoughts. List. again, but you don't you don't want to also come across as like the Push person up. that's whining, right? Or it's like you're you yeah. just so it's like if you're gonna do this, you do it in a calm manner. Make sure you're in a good headspace. You're not like coming off of like you just he or she just picked you off, and now you're running there and you're all heated. Yeah. Or you know, it's it's more if anything, let let a few days pass. Go to them like in, in a very calm manner and just I guess explain what you dislike about what's going on and. Um, as for their feedback also, I think would probably be important too. Yeah. Um, you know, to the VP or the MD, like how do I go about handling this situation? Mm -hmm. um, rather than maybe asking them to handle it, that's probably not something they want to do because they don't want to deal with what they would maybe think is like just childish politics. Um, yeah. So it's maybe just like, how would you suggest I go about handling this? Because at the end of the day, it's something that you're going to have to fix. It's and you have, you, your EQ has to be good enough to know the type of person you're dealing with, whether it's a narcissistic, crazy, political, like backstabbing person, or whether it's a person who's just like not neurotypical and is like super awkward and has no EQ. Like it's just kind of a different approach. If the person's really trying to just sabotage and is really just a nasty yeah. narcissist, then like you got to be a little bit more aggressive and you having a direct conversation with them isn't going to change what they're going to do. They're going to keep doing it. And, you know, it's going to be tough. Um, it's going to be tough. Another thing <laughs> like networking, right? With everyone, like making sure like everyone knows you're like, uh, 
working hard and that kind of stuff. If you have that impression from the get-go, I, I don't think it becomes a big problem anyway, especially with the seniors. So it's tough. Yeah. This, this dude I was talking about got fired within six months. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, usually <laughs> reputation kind of goes around. You know, when you're when you're ducking out at five o'clock to go to the gym for two and a half hours every day. <laughs> well, that's almost like the guy uh, that we spoke about a few weeks ago that that ran off to the crap tab- crap tables in Vegas, right? <laughs> that was no, that was even worse. That was like his buddy got him the job and he takes off. I don't know. That's pretty bad. Um, that's crazy. Well, the guy that got fired uh, as the associate you referred to was that your office child days or was that all child? Yeah, the guy was a HP. BS grad and I came in. I think it's tough for, for associate, post MBA associates who don't have banking experience before. They're like, oh yeah, I can handle the long hours when they get in. And they realize, no, actually the MDs are living at the office and they're on calls till two or three in the morning. Like it's one thing to say you can do it because you want the paycheck, but it's another thing to actually live it. And I think, you know, after going to business school too, where you're like living life and like partying to like change back to banking lifestyle, like I can't even, it's, so brutal. But it's fine. I'm just thinking about one thing I realized coming out of university uh, into the workforce, and it's not something that you could teach, but there is like it's just like yeah, the the workplace cadence that these these social skills that aren't taught that maybe like you're referencing like a uh, an associate that's coming straight out of an MBA, um, you know, may not have those because even just like email skills, that's a real thing. Just knowing how to email people, right? Like yeah. you can't email like text. You can't just be like, hey, what's up <laughs> to a client or to a coworker or to a to a senior, right? You can't like you were just saying like, hey, like there's certain ways that you should be communicating via email. Um, and again, that, yeah, that in the endurance, that in the endurance, you're just not used to ha- having your plans blown up left and right, just constantly. <laughs> so like you're you had like two years of like traveling, vacation, parties with friends, and then like suddenly you're like, no, you're locked in this office for like 18 hours a day. Good luck. Yeah, like that transition. Well, I- Really yeah, I actually just, uh, funny enough, just because we're coming up on it, yeah, about your plans getting blown up. I had a buddy of mine, this happened to him last year, Valentine's Day coming up. Um, day of, got his uh, his dinner plans blown up, and uh, <laughs> he, that, that, he knew his first year in banking, he wasn't used to it. Uh, his girlfriend was obviously understanding, but nonetheless, yeah, you got to get got to get used to that. Your plans could get blown up uh, real quickly. So any bankers listening, give your girlfriend a text or your boyfriend a text. <laughs> and let them know that you may have to cancel. There might be a small. That's actually that's a case. keeper if the person's cool with uh, getting Valentine's Day plans uh, blown up. And oh yeah. Well, hey, it was it was that was just the first year it happened. I don't know what if it, if it happens every year on Valentine's Day, then we don't know what's <laughs> going to go on there. But um, I mean, fingers crossed, fingers crossed for for the guy. But uh, anyways, yeah, just found this one an interesting one, and uh, I guess I would say if uh, the person that wrote this on the forum, hopefully you're listening because there was some good insight there from from Pat and Nabil on how to handle this, but. Um, I think that we'll call it for this uh, for this week, guys. It was a great conversation. These three topics, um, and we'll look back to chiming in with, with everyone uh, next uh, Thursday. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, Patrick at WallStreetOasis.com. And until next time.